Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Kyrie Irving is back for the Nets tonight. Can a team actually win a title with a part-time player? It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance. And, of course, all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And, Courtney, this whole Kyrie situation is absolutely fascinating to me. Whatever, not even the politics of it, but now, just more importantly, from a net perspective of trying to win a championship, you're going to have him back playing part-time. They did it out of necessity after, in my estimation, they had done the right thing in not keeping him as a part-time player. But he's got 22 games that he can play on the road the rest of this season. This can work. I actually believe it can. It's going to get sticky in the playoffs yes. when you, you know, if you're down three games to two and you're going home and you're going to must win and you don't have him, it's going to hurt a ton. But if these guys can actually play well together, they certainly know how to play without him. And I think they know well enough how, I mean, if you think about it, it really was about Kevin Durant stepping on the line that last year that didn't have them advancing further uh, to the conference finals. So now I honestly believe that if they can figure out in these 22 games how they're best going to mesh together because they, they really haven't played a whole lot together, this actually can work. No, it can. And we was this not the same argument that we had last year when they barely, barely played together, the big three, during the regular season because of Durant and the Achilles injury and James Harden and getting back in shape. And you know we barely saw Kyrie Irving... Kevin Durant and James Harden together at all. And it's supposed to be, oh, it's the regular season. Who cares? It's fine. By the time the playoffs roll around, Chris, they will be a gelled, cohesive unit. And at points they were. But that that series went to Game 7. And they weren't there together. Like, that's the problem here. Where we think, oh, we can just coast through the regular season. It's fine. Like, we need them all together when the play t- when, you know, it matters. When the playing time, the playing time matters, it's more magnified in the postseason. That never came to fruition. So do we think we can just rest back on that argument? Probably not. When the three of them are together, they have their second highest offensive rating, excuse me, their third highest offensive rating during the 2020-2021 season. They played barely any time together when the three of them were there. I think it was a total of, what did we say before, 10 games? It was 202 uh, It minutes. was actually 14, higher than I thought. <laughs> it's, not, it's not much, but no. th- this is capitalism. This is capitalism. When this happened before Christmas, when they announced that Kyrie would be in this ramp-up period and that he would be his part-time player, it's because at the time they wanted to preserve their 21-8 and record, first place in the Atlantic Division, and they were you know cruising through the East, and they didn't want to put that burden on Kevin Durant because he just had an Achilles injury not that long ago. They didn't want him to have to do what he did. I think it was against Philadelphia on that Wednesday night game where he went like you know one-on-five. They don't want to do that, and, and, and rightfully so, because it's dangerous and you're going to hurt your best player, and you're it's unnecessary, the burden that you place on him. So, okay, we'll concede, because initially they didn't want to do this. They didn't want to make Kyrie Irving a part-time player, but money talks, and they were facing COVID issues at the time where half their roster was on the health and safety protocols list. So I can understand them doing it. 
Can it work? Basketball's the only sport where it can. But you better hope that you lock up that first round, you know, that, that the, the home field, adva- home court advantage in the NBA and that you get out to a really hot start in these series so you're not forced into a situation where, you know, it's do or die time in a game six or a game seven and you're back in Brooklyn and he can't play. Because you need his shooting ability. Like, that's going to take the burden off of a Patty Mills, for example, who's having to shoot a ton of threes right now. You get that from Kyrie Irving, and that's fine, but he's only around for, you know, 22 games of the regular season. Then, you know, when it gets to the postseason, who knows? The The NBA might change its rules because there's a lot of time between now and April. We cannot rule that out. This is a moving, situ- it's a fluid situation. The goalposts move just about every month with COVID. So who knows? Maybe he will be allowed to play. Maybe New York State will change its rules and regulations. But you know, you can't deny what he adds to this team. I just wonder, from a stability standpoint, and when the playoffs happen, will this actually be as easy as it seems right now on paper? It it, it doesn't seem like you would think from the outside looking in. It can't be that easy. But in the NBA, you're right. Uh, it, it's the only it, place it would work because it, the roster sizes are work. small. It would never work in the NFL. It would certainly no. never work in hockey. No. It's no way. No. But I actually believe it can be just that easy. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. It is that easy. And you might think that they can win games without him. They should just keep him on the sideline. Like, This is not why they brought this group together, okay? Kyrie's going to do what he wants to do. This is something that should have been very clear before he ever became a Brooklyn Net. And so for him to do this for his beliefs should not be any big surprise right now. You brought these three together to win a championship. And while it's a general assumption that when you have them playing together, they're going to... They haven't played together enough, but he's that level of player where I don't feel like there's a massive adjustment period there. Harden was very comfortable in the games last year. You just pointed out the stats on the on the offensive end, right? Yes. Harden was very comfortable not being a guy that had to go out and score 40 last year when they played together. He'll be the point guard that doesn't take as many shots. He's all right with that, and then he'll start taking when they do. But think about the fact that the Nets almost got there with a hurt Harden late in in the playoffs and came back with a bad hamstring and and just barely missed moving on. Mm -hmm. If you have Kyrie Irving there, you're going to be able to do that. And this is, it it is some fine-tuning, and it is a good amount. Like, to me, it's more than just like having a preseason together. That's why I think these 22 games that they get together, the most that they can get together are absolutely crucial so that they can figure out exactly how they're going to navigate this when the time comes when it matters. Yeah, because last year that was the big question mark with the ankle injury to Kyrie Irving, the big what if that we weren't able to answer because at the most important point of the season, when we thought all three of them would be playing, they weren't. And now – having an actual regular season and taking these games seriously, especially the limited opportunities that they have together on the road, that's going to determine how far this team can go in the playoffs because no, no other team's dealing with this right now, mind you. like they, He's the only one who has been this outspoken about not getting the vaccine, not complying by the mandates in New York State. Like They, they, they bent the rules. They, they got the building changed, the practice facility, so he'd be able to be there. Um, 
because it, you know they didn't want to classify it as whatever it was so they could have him actually practice there in New York State. They've gone above and beyond to get him a part of this, which is you know insane considering they weren't going to. But again, they realize that they need him financially. And- he's been okay, not being you know not getting the full the full amount of his paycheck. That's fine, but like they need him more than really he needs them. And remember, nobody's locked up for the long long haul yet. Correct. So this window may not be as wide as we all assumed that it would be. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hub Arkish, who is a longtime um, columnist in Chicago and now is uh, working for the Associated Press, who is um, a, a voter for the MVP, said during an appearance yesterday on a radio station in Chicago that he would not vote for Aaron Rodgers as the MVP because he's, quote, a bad guy. And I don't think a bad guy can be the most valuable guy at the same time. Here's a one more further quote, Courtney. I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. All right, I don't know that he's listen, you like or hate him. I don't know that you he's the biggest jerk in the league. I think there are probably a lot of jerks in the league. But talked about one of them earlier. Yeah, exactly. And Antonio Brown, I I just I this aggravates me, Courtney. And please um, fill me in a little bit more as somebody that covers a team regularly, as you do uh, with the Vikings for ESPN. I get thoroughly annoyed when I see somebody that has the responsibility of having a vote like that and, in essence, making it what sounds like personal to me. That's exactly what this is. I mean, the thing is, there are 50 AP voters who also determine this all who determine the all pro team and determine MVP. That's not a lot of people. Like, you know, I feel like everybody's got a Heisman vote, right? And the people love to pub, "Oh, I had a Heisman vote. Here was my can- here were my candidates." Courtney, and, I have a Heisman vote. Everybody yes, has a Heisman, a Heisman vote. vote. Yeah, exactly. My mom probably has one. I don't, <laughs> but like um, you know, there there's something really sacred about the MVP award. These high-powered awards, I mean, baseball Hall of Fame, the whole thing. And I just 
when this whole thing blew up yesterday, and I'm not trying to, you know, criticize Hub Arkish's body of work. I grew up in Chicago. I grew up reading. I grew up reading him. I grew up reading, you know, a lot of these guys who are and women who are voting for the MVP. I just wonder, too, I mean, is this like a strike of relevancy for him? He hasn't broken Bears news in a very long time. Like, why, w- why would you come out and say this publicly? Like, what, whose axe are you grinding? Like, and why are you doing it? Because it just kind of feels like there's some personal level here of a gripe that he has with Aaron Rodgers, and I get it. Like, Rodgers was annoying this offseason. Like, if I had to cover him, I would be pretty irritated because all the Packers beat writers I know, their entire summer was wrecked. Because Aaron Rodgers, everybody's on Rodgers' watch. Is he going to leave? Is he going to go do Jeopardy? Is he coming back? Like, all that stuff for months and months and months. You couldn't take a break. So I get it. I mean, he covers – Hub Arkish covers the Bears. So I don't really know, like, what dog in the fight he has with this. But it's just annoying because we see this in baseball all the time. Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, Maguire, those guys aren't getting in. And when I worked out in the Bay Area, I asked several of my colleagues – who had Hall of Fame votes, why they... I just asked them straight up, because I was a kid when all that stuff was happening with Balco and the anabolic steroids and the whole thing, when they were covering the Giants in their deep playoff runs when Bonds was around. And there were several of them who said, I had to sit through those perjury, those those trials uh, when he was in, you know, testifying before Congress and lied and perjured himself. I sat through those every single day. And that's the reason they took like that they took such a strong stance about we're not going to vote him into the Hall of Fame, and he's not going to get voted in. Like he, are was, you, you annoyed know, that you had to cover it? I, I, that's what I tend to think was kind of their. They were so irritated at the fact of like Bonds going up there and lying, and that they he effectively affected their lives in a way where you know they had to cover a liar, and they didn't trust. You know, he was not a trustworthy individual in that sense, and he was just kind of a jerk. But. That it's just it's such a simple thing to say that that should not affect what goes on with on field voting for on voting for on field awards. It shouldn't. But it does. I don't know if anybody can really be like free of bias. But if you unless you're looking at statistical things, which you should be, it should be a statistical evaluation only for people in the Hall of Fame, for people getting the MVP award. This is just such a this is such empty fodder with him saying, well, uh, you know, Rogers has been a jerk. Has he attacked you personally? Yeah. Like, I, I don't get that. Look, it, it has absolutely nothing to do with what he's meant. And in the truest sense, and I'm one of those people that always goes to the the truest sense of the words when it comes to thinking about who an MVP is. There is not a player in the league that is more valuable to his team's success than Aaron Rodgers. Correct. There's not. And if you took him off that team, you know exactly what we'd be looking at. And that would be a team that would not be in the playoffs. Even as good as their defense has been, all of that is fine. According to me, you're going to come out and say something like that, you should lose your vote. You should lose your vote because that's not – and I, I listen, I'll say it because I don't have a, a any kind of an affiliation to it. And I don't um, – I'm not ever going to be in consideration for – a vote or anything like that, I I just think that he should lose his vote when you come out and say publicly, Mm -hmm. this is why I'm not voting for somebody. If that was your private opinion on it, that's one thing, but it feels very attention-seeking, and it feels like he wants people to know that he has such an axe to grind with Aaron Rodgers that's not based on any of the on-field things that he's done. I mean, the guy hasn't thrown a turnover since week, week 11, 
<laughs> like he hasn't, she hasn't thrown, turned the ball over. He hasn't thrown an interception. He's like up to like you know twenty one touchdowns in that time frame. Like what? How are you going to say that he's not the MVP of the league when he's got the Packers locked up the number one seed this past weekend? They've you know he put up he put aside his own stuff this year to come back here and to you know give a damn about what he's doing in Green Bay, whether it's his last year or not, and whether he goes somewhere else or stays. Statistically speaking, he is the best player in the NFL, and it's really not even close because of what he's done. So to throw in a personal bias and say, well, that's the reason, because he lied about COVID or misled, whatever you want to, whichever side of that you want to agree on, because he, you know, was was flipping about what he was doing this offseason and his contract situation and, you know, life's a great mystery. Like, yeah, people were annoyed by his comments, but those comments are not what's winning them games or losing them games. So I, I don't they, – they're just not valid. It's not a valid part of the argument. Which NFL job openings are going to be the most desirable and what quarterbacks end up where? We continue to play our game of quarterback and coaching carousel, roulette, whatever the heck you want to call the game. We haven't even named it. Our ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum will join us in just moments. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. That's next. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Coaching and quarterback carousel this offseason going to be fascinating in the NFL. It's Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests enjoy uh, join us on the Goodyear Hotline as... Our ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum does right now, making the plays that move you forward. Good year, more driven. Mike, it's Chris and Courtney. How you doing? Good to be with you guys. Good afternoon. Great to be with you as well. All right, so let's start here, Mike. When you um, 
look at the different situations that are going to open up coaching-wise this offseason and the possibility that you could have a couple of high-profile guys. We've heard about Jim Harbaugh maybe coming back to the league. We've heard that maybe Sean Payton might want to move on from New Orleans. Maybe a team could trade for him. Same with Pete Carroll. Who would intrigue you the most as a general manager? Yeah, we actually talked about it a little bit this morning on Get Up. You, you know, what's interesting is with Coach Harbaugh, who's done a great job at Michigan, is before he got to San Francisco in 2011, they, they had gone eight consecutive seasons without a winning record. That's that courtesy of Hembo. And when you think about the risk that Urban Meyer was when they first signed him in Jacksonville, and obviously it didn't work out, and you compare that to what Jim did at San Francisco, you could see why a team would be interested in him. You know, as someone that's going to put, you know, most of their career on the line with whoever they hire. You know, if the GM looks at what he did at San Francisco, you're really taking away any of the risk that, for example, Jacksonville just had in hiring Urban Meyer. So that's why I think his name will always be intriguing. And then you layer on top of it, you know, he won at University of San Diego, he won at Stanford. He's turned around Michigan. Now, some people say it took longer than expected, but the guy's won every place he's been. So where can he not go? Chris and I were talking about this. If Jim Harbaugh really wants to go back to the NFL, are there any locations? Feels like Jacksonville's one of them because of who their general manager is and the history that he has there, and maybe they don't want to go back to the college well um, in 2022. But I I want, from your opinion, where are the places that Jim Harbaugh shouldn't be an option or won't be an option? Well, I think you're right, Courtney, you know, Jacksonville for the reasons you mentioned. But beyond that, like, I would think, you know, I can't imagine why he wouldn't be in the mix. Again, that's assuming he wanted to do it. Um, You know, he may want to just stay at Michigan, and they've done a great job. They're having a great recruiting year, and they have a lot of talented players despite losing, you know, two really good defensive ends. So, um, you know, that's presupposing he'd want to leave. But, again, when you're hiring a coach, you know, you want somebody that can – lead people, scale leadership, have a vision, and in his case, have a demonstrable track record. And, um, you know, sometimes the unheard of coach works out. Guys like Andy Reid comes out of nowhere. He was a position coach at Green Bay, leads the Eagles, now the Chiefs, and is a Hall of Famer. But a lot of times um, you'd like to know that a guy's done it and done it at a high level. ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining us. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny today. Uh, Mike, if a team was interested in trying to get Sean Payton and they had to make a trade, make a trade for him because he is under contract for a while and he was interested and they wanted to hand him the keys, what does a compensation for a Sean Payton look like? Does that start at a first-round pick? Yeah, no question about it. You know, here's a guy that's, you know, Super Bowl champion, developed quarterbacks. I mean, he checks every box that Jim Harbaugh does and then some. So uh, if you were trying to build a program for the next 10 years, you know, I'm hard-pressed to think that, you know, someone like Sean Payton isn't one of the top three or four names you'd have on your list if you could pick anybody on the planet. Mike, I wanted to switch gears here and ask you about um, the team that I cover, the Minnesota Vikings. Just now, Mike Zimmer confirm that Kirk Cousins is going to start in week 18. He's coming off the COVID-19 reserve list. And we know that this is a team that's out of playoff contention. With Kellen Mond, Mike Zimmer said on Sunday after the game against the Green Bay Packers that 
you know, when I asked him, do you want to see more of Kellen Mond in Week 18? You're out of playoff contention. There's nothing to lose here. He said, not particularly. Do you think that he's handling this in, in the right way where there's a rookie quarterback who's a third-round pick, There's a this is a no-stakes game, should they not be playing Kellen Mond in Week 18? And what do you think the rationale or logic is behind playing Kirk Cousins in a game that does not matter? Right, and that's what makes Mike Zimmer a successful NFL head coach, like, if you cut Mike in half, like, what would lose out of him? He's a competitor, you know? He's going to try to win preseason games, meaningless regular season games. And I think for him, you know, it's a it's a game where you're keeping score. And, you know, there's times and places to develop players. But I'm sure for him, and I've, I've heard coaches talk about this before, Courtney, which is it's not like a one-off sort of decision about playing Kellamon for Kirk Cousins. It's what message are you – you know, sending to the rest of the team like that this game just doesn't matter. And, you know, that he's just not hardwired that way. And that's one of the reasons he's been, you know, such a good coach for such a long time is he's going to try and compete every day. ESPN NFL front office, Mike Tannenbaum joining us. Mike, so early in the process, okay? Understand that. Your early prognostication in 2022, where is Aaron Rodgers playing? Where is Russell Wilson playing? Early in the process, Chris, like you haven't even shot for your candles yet. We're, we're still in the regular season of 2021. <laughs> I, I need Harry Douglas to go shopping for candles, Mike. That you know that's, Listen, you got to set the mood, right? You got to set the mood when you're doing a show, anything in life. I, it's early, yes. Yeah. I admit that. Take a shot. I, uh, I, you know, I'm assuming both players won't be in their respective places. And to me, some of the obvious landing spots for Aaron Rodgers would be an AFC team in the West, so fill in the blank, Vegas, uh, Denver. You know, both those teams to me would be compelling if he's trying to get back to the West Coast. And, you know, we talked about it actually a little bit on Get Up this morning, guys, but, like, Russell Wilson to the New York Giants to me is is interesting. When I was with the Jets, we had traded for Brett Favre, and I can't tell you what an unbelievable transformational event that is because the day that Russell Wilson walks through that building, it just changes everything. And one of the things we saw last year with Tom Brady is we know about all the success that they had on the field. But the other thing it does is it creates an R of association. And what I mean by that, guys, is people want to be there because they feel like they got a chance to win. And in New York, you know, Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning, Bill Parcells, Phil Sims, like if you win in New York, you, you win forever. And you know that, Chris, being in the market. And there's probably a lot of players that would want to come to New York to play with Russell Wilson because they feel like they have a real chance. And then you layer on the fact that Look, things have not gone well by any stretch, but they do have young skill players there. You know, Kadarius Tony was a one. Evan Ingram was a one. Galladay, you know, maybe not worth what he got in free agency, but he's a good player. Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy, is explosive and dynamic. And now you bring in a guy like Russell Wilson, you got a chance to win every game you're playing in. Mike, we know that Derrick Henry in the window for him to return to practice and then be eligible to play in games, and, and they'll need him in January come the, the playoffs. That, that, that window's about to open. And since he's been out of the game, which was Halloween weekend when he got hurt, he's still six in the NFL in rushing yards. Seems like a pretty obvious question here, but the boost that he gives Tennessee, like what element that was missing do you think is going to come back when Derrick Henry is able to come back? You know, Corey, that's why I think Mike Vrabel to me is the coach of the year. John Robinson, their GM, the executive of the year. You know, I don't think we're talking about them nearly enough. Like, they're the one seed. And, and you think about they lost Caleb Farley, 
their number one pick for the year. Bud Dupree missed most of the year. Julio Jones was out for a lot of the year. And, oh, by the way, some guy named Derrick Henry. It's, it's really amazing. Like, they have the one seed despite all that. And I think Derrick Henry, in my opinion, guys, is one of the five best non-quarterbacks in the NFL. He'll make Ryan Tannehill a better quarterback because Ryan, like most quarterbacks, are more effective with a good running game. And in a one-game season, I think they could beat anybody. And I think they could beat Kansas City. Um, and Buffalo struggle with their run defense, as we know. So, to me, he could be the difference maker in the AFC with uh, Tennessee possibly getting to the Super Bowl this year. Mike, last one for me. Tennessee, I would agree with you, is a team that when Henry got hurt, we all just kind of turned our back and assumed that it was over. Is there another team that maybe you feel like doesn't get as much attention that's really capable of going on a run in either the AFC or NFC? Yeah, well, I think it's Dallas. Now, Dallas gets a lot of attention, but I think when they're at their best and healthy, I think they're really hard to beat because they have three great pass rushers in Micah Parsons, Randy Gregory, and the Marcus Lawrence, and, and no team has that. So I think their ceiling defensively is really high, and I think they could go in and beat Tampa Bay, Green Bay in, in a one-game season. And then, you know, offensively, you know, if Dak plays reasonably well and gets the ball to C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, even without Michael Gallup, their 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 A game to me is the best in the NFL. Meaning, um, when you put the offense and defense together, they they on paper. When they're going, they have the highest ceiling. Are they the only team you think that can go into Lambeau and win? Do you still put the Bucks into that conversation? You know, the other team, to me, and they did it once, was San Francisco. Because yep. San Francisco, if we, if we were sitting here and we're like, wow, can you believe Green Bay lost? Like, what would that game look like? Well, it would be like 38 minutes of time of possession, which San Francisco could do. They could run the ball very effectively. And then Nick Bosa could make one or two plays that just changes the game with you know, some strip sack late in the third quarter. So uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if Green Bay was going to be sent home, that to me would be sort of like the dynamic where, you know, somebody made a play in the second half that, um, you know, created a turnover. And then someone that, you know, kept the ball away from Aaron Rodgers to limit his opportunities. Mike, as usual, awesome insight. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, uh, make sure that the Yankee candles are in the mail here. I'm waiting on you, Chris. Yeah, no problem. You want a fruity scent, Mike? What do you want? A little citrus? Yeah, a little citrus. That would work. I appreciate it. That would work, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us on the Goodyear hotline. Harry Douglas has got this thing about candles. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's getting to an alarming level here of the, the degree to which his particular mood relies on the candle in the room. I like the ambiance. When I typically am in my normal setup, I have a candle that typically is behind me, and it, it's not, like, overpowering. Like, I don't know if I could do, like, the Midsummer's Night Yankee candle, which is a great smell, don't get me wrong, but it's so overpowering that if I'm in a small room with my radio equipment, it's going to overwhelm me, and it's probably going to give me a migraine on air. You have to have something that's like a little subtle, maybe like a hint of a cucumber, maybe slight linen, nothing that's like so, you don't want like bayberry scent that you'd walk into like an antique shop, right? So I hope that Harry has this down because I think about these things. When I'm doing a long show, you got to have something that kind of keeps you calm. That's why I have my lava lamp, Chris, that you usually see. Uh, It's not currently with me today in Chicago, but I'm with Harry. I think that I might start you know, doing a candle rotation. You know what? My wife bought me my first one. It's called Mantown. And is it Yankee Candle? 
Yeah. Mantown is the Mantown. Scent. What is what does Mantown smell like? Uh, you know, uh, nothing good. I can tell you that. Uh, that's for sure. It, it basically, I guess the way you'd look at it is it probably smells like me. And that's not what anybody's looking for, especially to make a candle out of. You know, dirty laundry and, you know, burnt rubber, I think, is probably the combination that I would best describe it as. But with with that in mind, let us get back to the quarterback carousel and where guys are going to end up next year. We did we already did some teams earlier. We did the or we did the Giants. We did the Packers. We did the Seahawks. We did the Browns. Courtney Cronin, who is going to be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022? You think they'd want Matt Ryan? Do you feel like they think, okay, they're probably picking 17th right now, somewhere like low teens. This mm-hmm. quarterback class is not great. They still need cornerbacks. They need a pass rusher or, you know, it's, excuse me, an outside linebacker. They need a lot of different things that if they ended up getting a veteran guy who's your stopgap, Matt Ryan can fix, finish his career in Pittsburgh because I've already put Aaron – this is according to my plan where Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers stays put in with the Packers – I think that I said Russell Wilson ends up with the Giants, maybe, or maybe we, put, did, him in, yeah. maybe we put him in Denver. Who cares? Um, I think that they'd want a veteran guy for a two- to three-year d- contract, wait to see what the quarterback class next year would have in 2023, and not spend that draft pick on a Kenny Pickett. or Kenny Pickett wouldn't be there at 17. Whoever else? Maybe Matt Corral? I don't know. Maybe his draft stock fell enough with the ankle injury that he would be there. But I think that they go for a veteran. I don't think they're going to draft anybody. I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I I honestly do think they're they're they could potentially trade away that high pick if they believe that they are that close to winning. I could see them doing something bold. Uh, defensively, they need to be better, Courtney. They were mm-hmm. not nearly as good as made out to be. You can watch them the other night and see them have nine sacks and say, "Wow." They were not a great team defensively, and you hit on it. Cornerback is exceptionally important for them. I do think they think they're that close to winning, so I could see them taking a shot. The Miami Dolphins, Courtney, I'm going to be shocked if Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins next year. You're, and giving, I think he, you're giving up on Tua that quickly? It's not that I'm giving up on Tua. It's that I think that Deshaun Watson is that much better. Now, this all has to do with whether or not uh, this is all uh, depending on whether or not his situation gets straightened out and it's a bad situation obviously but I I feel like the Dolphins have just been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and it it seems like a place where he wants to be there and they're going to want him yeah I mean they were one of the finalists for him initially and then they stayed put during the season. They didn't make a move at the trade deadline. I don't know. The Giants, they seem to come up in the conversation for Deshaun, too. Miami, though, even with even with New York's draft capital, Miami seems like they could probably pull that off and give Houston everything it wants in return. Players, draft capital, taking on the contract, whatever. I would say that you're not giving up on Tua if you get a Deshaun Watson. Like, this is like my Aaron Rodgers argument. If he really wanted to go to San Francisco, that's the player you'd make an exception for, even with Trey Lance waiting in the wings. As it pertains to Miami, same thing, you know, same argument there that, that I think that translates over. But, man, I'm, just, I'm still in the boat of I'm not ready to give up on Tua yet. But we'll see. I mean, if it's Deshaun Watson, he's probably the only one they would they would make that exception for. Is it bad that I just noticed this is circus music? 
Yeah, because I've noticed it since the second it came on, and um, it's making my ears bleed. But we were talking about clowns earlier, so we played ourselves. It, Apparently it's awful. So. It's been the going on up. for four minutes. <laughs> Last one, mercifully. Uh, the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy there. Yes. And I, that's another one where I feel like Howie Roseman has been waiting and waiting and waiting and wanted to go the Deshaun Watson route. But it's going to be hard not to justify bringing back um, Jalen Hurts and spending all that draft capital to go get Watson unless you feel like you're winning a championship again uh, in the next two years. I think Hurts has proven he can play. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're not a champion. They're not like a quarterback away. I mean, think about all the things that they need and could use those three first-round draft picks on. A receiver, maybe another running back, you know, something on the defense. That, that defensive line is getting old. Like, go replenish there. There's plenty that they can do to build around Jalen Hurts, and I know that the Tua argument here is basically the same thing if you throw Deshaun Watson into the mix. You would you would trade the farm to get Deshaun Watson. You would trade the farm whether it's in Philly or whether it's in Miami. But I think Jalen Hurts, I wouldn't give up on him just yet. He's serviceable. Like You have a great run game. Build around that. Totally agree. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.